0: Hi guys, it's Kales, and I reread The Hate You Give this week. And I'm Allison, and I started reading it for the first time. So exciting! Allison has never read The Hate You Give, and I just i i couldn't help myself when I picked this one because I also was like, "Oh crap, I'm gonna give her another like really sad book." Yeah, uh, that's really depressing. And I, but I couldn't help myself because the movie comes out this this month. And uh, the movie comes out uh, the the week that we're going to post this, right. actually. It's that Friday, which is awesome. And I've seen it, and it's great. And I, I just couldn't help myself because people are going to be talking about this book, and people are going to be talking about this movie. And I feel like that Allison just needs to be a part of that conversation. So sorry, not sorry. I've been planning uh, to
1: read this book. I just haven't gotten around to it because I haven't been in, like, the right headspace to deal
0: with it. But I've been forced, and that's okay. That's okay. It's It's... It's a really good book. That's the other thing, too, is that, like, there's a lot of trauma that comes into this. But there are so many positive elements also that I love. And you're 92 pages in. And so you haven't quite hit all of those points yet. But when you continue to read it, you're going to fall in love, I think, with the same things that I fell in love with. Um, And then I'll be interested to talk to you about uh, the movie afterwards too because uh there are some significant differences mainly the ending and not in a bad way but it just was like oh and oddly i actually thought the ending of the movie was better than the ending of the book which i think is going to be really controversial Oh, but that's fine. i know I'm intrigued i know it's yeah it they change it it's definitely different um because they find kind of a different through line that's in the book, but they focus on that more than they focus on the through line that the book focuses on, which is really interesting. And I'm probably confusing the hell out of you right now. I'm just like, but sitting back and listening to the ride, like I have no that's clue what all, you're talking is, about. No, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Um so yeah, so welcome to novel predictions now that we've talked about uh, the hate you give the movie and the hate you give you book and I've I haven't spoiled anything technically. No. Uh yeah, so novel predictions what do we do we it's a podcast <laughs> sorry this is a podcast welcome uh <laughs> hello i promise we're more organized than this
1: um we reread slash read for the first time books and try to predict the ends
0: because we want to torture ourselves but it's super fun it's not just torturing ourselves it's torturing our friends yeah like that's that's how that goes um, no, it is. It's super fun. Um, you should check out our past episodes if you haven't already. We did Aragon, which was our first book that Allison made me read for the first time. Yeah. And then I made Allison read The Fault in Our Stars. And then Allison made me read Poison Study. So those are those are the first three books we've done. And if you haven't noticed, there's a pattern. Um, <laughs> Allison hates contemporary. So more often than not every other month, uh, we're going to throw a contemporary in there. I've been thinking about throwing a fantasy her way or like a historical fiction Um just to give her a break, but yeah, and, I have no idea what she's going to pick for me. And I'm make, sure you have it in your head. I make Kales read long fantasy books. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You were so funny. You were complaining about the length last time. It's long. Uh, time. Okay, yeah, but Aragon, Aragon not Aragon. A- what is Aragon? <laughs> a- Aragon is the parody version. No, Aragon is over 500 pages, so fuck off. Sorry, bud. Um, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, so, yeah, so we go through, and uh, I... Ask Allison a series of questions after what she thinks about what's going to happen in this book. Um, But I'd love to know your initial thoughts because you've read the first five chapters. I did, which is a significant chunk, actually. It is. It's almost 100 pages. And this book is about four something, four fifty.
1: Four forty four, I think.
0: Yeah. And and so you got through 92 pages, which is a significant chunk. So I'd love to know what you think about it so far.
1: Oh, yeah. And also spoilers for Hate You Give, like obviously.
0: Oh yeah, we, we believe in spoilers <laughs> around here. Um, we definitely do spoilers. Hashtag spoiler squad. Big, which big I don't spoilers. know how. Yeah, I don't know how I'm gonna make it a thing, but I think I'm gonna make it a thing because I like spoiler squad. It's cool. It's gonna be a thing. Okay, um,
1: I. So I went into reading this book knowing that I was like, I've, I've wanted to read this book. This isn't something I've been resistant to. It's just something I've put off until I was like, okay, I'm ready to read a book about this really hard and current topic um yeah absolutely that makes tons of sense yeah so i am i'm really liking it i like the um how committed angie is to the vernacular and like the writing and how she changes it when star goes to school
0: and like that that code switching that she's doing is so cool yeah it's the voice of it is awesome that when i when i first read it it reminded me of having to read like their eyes were watching god like you almost have to read it out loud yeah if it's not if it's not your vernacular right because it's not y- a written <clears throat> dialect it's a, it's a spoken dialect and so exactly it, yeah it, so it's, you have,
1: it did you have to read it out loud almost It did throw me at first a little bit because I was like reading this is so strange but yeah then I, once I started like hearing it in my head I was like, oh yeah, this has total totally normal rhythm um, so that was super awesome. I really liked that. the story it's I I didn't expect for the um, shooting to happen so soon
0: like yeah like chapter fucking 2. Yeah, it happens
1: so quickly. Um and oh, here. Let me do to say
0: this. What I knew about this book before reading it. Um Oh shit, we're <laughs> supposed to also say that. It's fine. Uh <laughs> We'll get we'll get used to this format. We haven't even recorded 10 episodes yet. We'll yeah. be fine. Um what I knew about this book before reading it. So, I knew
1: it was about a white police officer shooting an unarmed black man. I knew it was a the main character was a girl who was the only witness to the shooting and friends with the man who was shot and that she was kind of living in two worlds going to this prep school with like all these white suburbanites and living in this neighborhood um where she grew up and then i also knew there was some element about like drug dealers and like them yeah. trying to silence her for some reason. I don't know why, and I still don't know why yet. Um, but that so that is all I knew about it mostly from just discussions I've had with people and like the movie trailer.
0: Yeah. So that's what
1: I knew. Um so I But was... I think
0: that's a that's a good base knowledge. Like it's a good overview. Yeah. It's not too detailed. It still allows you enough room to play and uh, speculate. Predict. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, so I was really surprised
1: um that the death happened so quickly. Um I was very intrigued by the reactions to the death in the community and with her family because they obviously are super sad about it and react to it, but it's also presented as like a part of life living in this community and yeah. that was heart-wrenching in and of itself, but it was also just kind of an interesting exploration of like what how um police brutality is perceived in like predominantly black communities so that was cool and then the death of her friend when she was 10 oh yeah was natasha that was something i didn't expect i didn't expect her to have these two paralleling traumas um i expected this to be like the her friend dying by the police being the initial trauma of her life and it's not the case. So nope. that kind of switched my perspective of, okay, how is this going to, how is she going to be reacting? How is this going to go? Um, but yeah, so those are my initial thoughts. I'm really enjoying it. It is hard to read. I haven't cried, but I think that's because the way people in the book are dealing with the event is not like a crying thing. It's like a, right, we have to do something thing. Um, so I feel more like fired up than sad. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my, my initial thoughts. Your
0: initial thoughts. Yeah. I am. I made you read this book because I, it's such a brilliant, poignant piece of fiction. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so amazing the different perspectives it offers, even though it's just from mainly Star's perspective. Yeah. it It is told in first person, but it's something that I think can speak to a variety of people and really hits at humanity. I agree. Yeah. And, but here's the other thing. When this book came out, I was worried that it was hyped up because of the subject matter. Sure. And that was something that I take very seriously in hyped books and hyped things in general. Yeah, you don't like, like hyped stuff. No, I hate hyped stuff. Um, d- just, yeah, d- let's talk about the fact that I went and saw Dear Evan Hansen, and I'm probably one of the very few people in this world that hates it now. <gasps> but We have to have that talk later. Not on the podcast, oh, yeah. but later. <laughs> no, not on the podcast, but absolutely. fucking let me just go on to an entire rant. I don't like hyped stuff. I've never liked hype stuff. I've always been really resistant to hype stuff. But I read this book. Because of its importance and because of the subject matter. But the thing that I appreciated the most is that it was still a well written book. Yeah. And it was still a well crafted story. And it's something that had so many elements and layers. And it actually was an amazing book. Like it deserves the hype. And not just because of the subject matter. Like I totally thought this was like, oh, it's going to be one of those books because. It's what's pertinent in the world right now. And no, it's actually an amazing, well-written book. And Angie Thomas is a great author. She really is. I feel is. kind of bad. Yeah, I feel kind of bad for her, actually, because it's kind of like the Marcus Zuzak, J.K. Rowling syndrome in terms of, like, here's the phenomenon you created. And I just hope that she doesn't try and go chasing that phenomenon because, no, she's probably never going to write anything that's as good and as prevalent and as... Um, poignant hyped up yeah poignant and as hyped up as this um but she's still an excellent writer and i i was so enamored with this book i i love one of my favorite things about this book is the family um her family is unconventional yeah but awesome her parents i adore her parents and how they take care of her i love seven and um Seneki and, and and everybody there, like, I just... And I haven't gotten a lot of her family yet. like No, you haven't, but you're going to. Like and like, scrape it, it's the surface. Yeah, but even just how her parents take care of her after that tragedy, yeah. you know, and how her mother is so protective of her with the police interrogations and stuff, it's something that I found amazing. And I found that there are such flawed characters in this book, but you love them and root for them, and yet they feel so human. And I... Like I said, I was going to push this book off for a little while to spare you, because um, <laughs> no, I really don't think anything's going to be as, like, uh, this one, I think, like you said, is going to rile you up a little bit more than it's going to make you cry. Right. Um, Which I'm okay so with I that. think, Yeah, so that's a bit of a different change, but I, I wanted to give you a different break from The Fault in Our Stars, but the movie was coming out, and I couldn't help myself from a marketing PR standpoint for us to do a podcast about the book that's coming out, or I mean, the movie that's coming out at the same time, and I... I was just like, well, fuck it. Like, we're just going to read this now Um, because it's still important. And I'm really glad that you're liking it. Um, I knew you would in the sense of like, I don't, I don't, I I think it's a rare occurrence to find someone who doesn't like this book. Um, But I'm really anxious to see where you think it's going to go and how it's going to evolve from here. Well, and I Um, think, I think it's one of those things too where I
1: want to engage about things that are are poignant and um, current and really need our attention, but it's hard for me. Like I'm not a nonfiction reader. I just don't. Right. I don't trend towards
0: those things. So. Um, and why nonfiction sucks. Well, sorry. I that's very true. But rarely I rarely read like a a teen oriented nonfiction.
1: Right. But even adult nonfiction, I'm just not a nonfiction reader. And so I, I I wanted to read this book. Um. To engage in that way where we, like, where fiction creates that engagement, even though it's not a factual depiction of a specific event. It is still, you know, talking about the culture, talking about the repercussions of certain actions. Um, Two years ago, I read All American Boys. Oh, yeah, by Jason Reynolds. With Jason Reynolds and um, his co-author, whose name I'm forgetting, and that makes me feel really bad sad yeah it's Chris something (laughs) but it's but it was written it's a it's another book about police brutality um and it was written co-written by a white author and a black author and they and it's from two perspectives from the white boy who witnesses the brutality and the black boy who experiences the brutality and it's really good but it's a lot different because it has that dual perspective and the boy who is brutalized does not die yeah. So he is still there to like be dealing with it from from that standpoint. So I'm excited to read the Hate You Give because it takes it to an extreme that we definitely experience in our community. Um, yeah. But I haven't read about yet, so that's exciting for me. Yeah, it's
0: good. I'm. It's it's really good. And I, I remember shoving it into a lot of people's hands, including my sister, who is such a picky reader, and she loves it. And uh, she was the one who I actually took to the advanced screening I saw, and we both were like, holy crap. And um, I did cry three times in the movie. Um, I'm a, I'm more of a crier at movies at and movies. TV shows
1: and stuff than books, so I probably yeah. will too.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> but I'll be anxious like if we do do like, that bonus episode of like when we see the movie... I would be anxious to know what parts you cry at because the parts that Caden cried at and the parts I cried at were hardly the same. I think we had one crossover. Okay. Um, but it's just really interesting. So um, I am really excited for this book. Um, and I am really excited to hear about your experiences. And and I'm also – I'm just anxious to see how close you're going to get with these predictions here. I don't know. Um, I'm, I feel so, like –
1: down the middle like I could get it totally right or I could get completely wrong and I have no idea which way I'm gonna lean
0: no I know and that's that's what's interesting about this one is that it it feels like it could be predictable but at the same time it's like right man I don't know exactly (laughs) yeah so I will also be interested to see if I'm right all right well um so I want to explain the questions a little bit so this section of the podcast we normally have a set of questions that we have and the the questions are like does the mc fall in love what tropes do you think you'll see is our mentor who's gonna die what's a twist and why is the story from the mc's perspective and so some of these are relevant um but we really generated these questions when we were thinking about a fantasy series because yeah. we're biased apparently and <laughs> we were thinking about um, like hero's journey and like all these yeah, things we were- that were very fantasy right exactly and hero's journey could also be in contemporary fiction as well which i i would argue that it is very much in this book too but that said um we're gonna try something a little different and and because this podcast is always evolving and moving forward and we're still trying to figure out our own method with it so thank you guys for bearing with us um i just picked up a book uh called save the cat writes a novel by jessica brody who's a good friend of mine and uh And it's based off the Save the Cat Writes a Screenplay method. And it argues that in every single story, there are 15 beats. And she tracks it in this particular one. I haven't read the screenplay version but in in this particular one, she claims that it can go all the way back to Dickens and Jane Austen and that you can find these 15 beats. And it's not a formula per se, but it's it's like a storytelling code that people have figured out um, and sharing. And it's really for plot and structure. Uh, it's not necessarily about the crafter writing, but it really helps you figure out your story. And since this is so universal, um, we're going to try and pull out some of the beats here because basically... We read Act 1. Yeah. That's how that goes, is we we read the first five chapters in which you could probably get the entirety of Act 1 uh, as told by the Save the Cat Beats. So then breaking into Act 2 and Act 3 is really where we're going to try and see, well, can Allison and Kales predict those moments? Um, because really, that's that's what it is. And our, our questions tap into that. Um, but this is just a little bit more formal. So we're, we might use this one... Um, for some of our more contemporaries and switch back and forth so that I just wanted to explain that before we move on with it and that you should check out Save the Cat because it's actually a really cool literary criticism as well as a how-to writing manual um, I don't know I've been finding it interesting For all those people Um, who
1: can read nonfiction. There you go. Yes. (laughs) For all those people who
0: can read nonfiction. I can read nonfiction. I enjoy it. Uh, But what's so funny is I'm reading this book, Allison, and it just reminds me of like all my studies in theater. Yeah. Because it's it's literally the goddamn same thing. Sure. Of course it is. Except instead of a catalyst, we call it an inciting incident. It's just different verbiage for the exact same fucking thing, (laughs) which is so funny to me because I was like, this isn't new, McKay. Uh, This is not... This is this is the exact same thing you just have studied in plays but it's just interesting to me maybe this will make you write your book faster slash yeah well yeah we'll see i just gotta pick a story it's funny at the mpiba thing i was talking to a bunch of people and like literally three times they were like are you a writer and i was like how this hasn't come up but i mean yeah but well when i'm in the professional world i try really hard not to talk about the fact that i write um and I don't know why, but I feel the need to keep that separate until, like, I have a book or something. I don't know. That's weird. And another existential crisis for another day. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, I am going to pull from some of our questions here. But I will go first and say, does the MC fall in love? And my point of saying that is I know she has a boyfriend. Yeah. And I know you know she has a boyfriend. So I guess my question of that is, like, does she does stay, she with stay him? in love? Yeah, does she stay in love or does she find someone else? so the point or is there like you know she breaks up with him and then finds her own power i don't know like what what is her what is her romantic deal okay what's her deal Um, what's her deal
1: i okay let me think about this so she is with him in the beginning of the book she's pissed because he like basically was like he they were like you know getting it on
0: and then he like pulled out a condom and she was like what the actual fuck dude yeah because they hadn't talked about that which might i also add was pretty cool like in terms of the fact that it was this cool like sex positive in terms of like they'd been fooling around and doing other things i think one of her lines is like we've done almost everything yeah enough to like get it on but we haven't actually had sex and she's like i'm not ready for that and the fact that there was a positive portrayal of her being like fuck no well and you know she uh, said, like, that's cool i think she said like we've
1: talked about the fact that i'm not ready and then him pulling out that condom was like what the fuck did you just not listen to me when i said that
0: yeah that's exactly mm-hmm. what it was so
1: that puts me like on edge about him uh but yeah chris at the- his like chris yeah mm,
0: yeah his one syllable white boy name yeah <laughs> oh okay which I joked about with Seth the other day. Seth and Nate, and he was my husband. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, but I was joking with Seth about it, and he goes, "I have a one-syllable boy boy name," and I was like, "I know, babe, it's okay." It's he goes, okay. "But it's from the." He goes, "But it's from the Bible." Like that was gonna help. Yeah, like that and makes I was, it like, I was like, "No, honey, but it's okay." Um. Anyway, <laughs> but you digress. you at least yeah you at least have Nathan. No, it's not Nathan. A, it's Nathaniel. Oh, it's Nathaniel. So it's even three. Yeah syllables but he goes by Nate yeah but he goes by Nate anyway (laughs) (laughs) sorry welcome welcome to our relationship corner um so hey it happens it
1: does I I don't know I'm so I'm so on the fence about it because I think he could be like from what she said and from their little interaction with the like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air singing they seem like they could be really great like she really is into him and he is like unabashedly into her yes but at the same time, like, that's not cool, dude. I, and, and I know he's like apologetic about it, but. So let me say this. I wouldn't be surprised if they stay together, but I kind of hope that she like distances herself so that she can like, you know, do what she needs to do for herself and like be in this whole thing that she's dealing with, or that she confides in him and he becomes like the super supportive and like useful (laughs) for lack of a better word person for her who can like you know be her rock yeah i don't think they're gonna like it seems unlikely that he's gonna get shitty and then they'll break up because he's shitty i think it'll either be they stay together and he's good or they aren't together because she needs to get her head right and he's like respectful of that
0: yeah um but you bring up people being shitty so if you don't think he's gonna be shitty do you think anybody else is gonna be shitty uh probably yeah i feel like some people um, are and be i'm shitty. gonna i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna go with in her star version two world of in the her school Williams- version. yeah in her williamson prep is anybody gonna be shitty there so i think because we know that there's going to be some shitty people in garden heights but we're but
1: different right. shitty different kind of shitty i think um what's her best friend's name it's there's two there's, there's two girls but what's the one that she's like we've been together forever and there's like, Haley.
0: there's Haley.
1: Haley. okay so i think who's Haley? Haley's
0: the white one and then um the other friend is uh half asian and i don't oh, remember maya? what that friend's is it maya, maya. Is yeah it maya? maya yeah it's maya okay it's Mila ha- Maya Haley and Star and Haley's white and Maya's half Asian.
1: So, I think Maya's or no, I think Haley is going to be shitty cuz she's already kind of being shitty. Um she like Star was talking about how she like unfollowed her on Tumblr because Star posted something about a black kid getting shot by the police,
0: which can I also just say is adorable to me cuz I don't pay attention at all to like who follows me on Tumblr and I don't know if that's just me in my life but like my Tumblr is totally just a a really stupid place for me to troll around on the internet. But like that people actually use Tumblr as a social media platform is so weird to me. It's bizarre to me too. I feel like I only use Tumblr to
1: like find ridiculous, uh, like thrown of glass memes, (laughs) right? Yeah. (laughs) Like literary memes. Like that's what I would like use Tumblr for. Um, yeah. But yeah, so she's like, she unfollowed me on Tumblr and she like didn't want to, she didn't text her at all over, whatever break they were just on, spring break or something. Oh, yeah. So I feel like she's distancing Haley. Haley? Haley? Yeah. Is distancing herself from Star because Star is becoming more, like, vocally woke about what's happening in her community and what's happening to black people in general in this country. And Haley's uncomfortable with that. She's got, like, that white discomfort going on. Fair. So I think they're going to be... I think they're going to become like estranged. Um, what about Maya? Maya seems I, I haven't gotten a lot from her yet, but I feel like maybe she's going to be more receptive and on board and supportive of Star, um, and be, kind of take the place of Haley as her best friend, as like the main yeah. one. So
0: that's no, that's fair. I think that's what um, I mean. like no, and I'm I mean, so blind right now. I'm just no, you're okay. <laughs> you're doing great. Um, that's what this is about. No, I know. Um, but no, but I I it's no spoiler that those three relationships from her version two star is, are important. Yeah. Um, you know, that those are kind of vital to her being as, as a whole person. Um, I'm interested in also, do you think, you know, cause I'm going to kind of split this questioning up into like one side of it and the other side of it. Um, as star sees herself. So do you think anything else happens at, at her school school or with version two, you know, do you like, where do you see that going in the story? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if she like starts
1: integrating the versions of herself because she's sick of like, she sees the hypocrisy and hiding her garden heights self. When she's there yeah. because of this event, um, so she either like, you know, starts talking like she does in Garden Heights, or she—I uh, I feel like she was talking in the first few chapters about how she changes. I don't remember if she changes the way she looks at all. She like wears like baggy clothes at home, yeah. But she's in, and then she has to wear her uniform. But, in but uniform. she always wears her sneakers. But she, yeah, but she always wears sneakers. Yeah, so. Um, because she says something about, like, being black in that school makes you automatically cool as long as you're not being, acting ghetto in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, so I think that she'll probably, like, integrate herself a little bit more and become more of a holistic person so she can, you know, fight these stereotypes and feel like she's contributing to the, um, the good of the situation and... yeah. Maybe she'll, like, I don't know, start some kind of social activist group at her school. That would be cool. I'd be into that. Um, And it would probably be really poorly received by everyone until they realize from her kind of instructing them what is going on. Um, I do think that her school life is going to play a major role in her development as a character, Probably less so in the storyline of, like, her telling the story of the shooting um, to the police. And then whatever's going on with the drug dealers that I, like, very vaguely know about. I think that's Garden Heights stuff. And then she's going to, like, do a lot of developing as a person through her her school time.
0: Yeah. So then... Also, um, kind of in that same vein, how – do you think anything's going to happen other than – because you predicted that Star is going to, like, integrate them with herself in a way. Yeah. um, And kind of combine her two sides. Do you think that there's going to be any moments – like, what's a moment that's going to help Star – integrate the two you know what I mean like are there going to be any crossovers like is Haley going to meet people or is it you know what I mean like because seven it goes to the same school and so does um Sakani yeah but Sakani's younger but seven and her go to the same they're in the same grades yeah yeah exactly and so but she also has other friends like Kenya and stuff like those she keeps those two worlds rather separate but do you think that there's going to be any meshing of that somehow yeah i do Outs- outside of her control i wouldn't you know I mean like I outside think, of what she's doing
1: i wouldn't be surprised so the story opens with her at a party in garden heights that she and she's super uncomfortable um mostly because kenya is acting like fairly hostile towards her being like you never come out and like you know you're like too good for us because you like go to school with all those white kids and i wouldn't i i I think that Star will probably in bring Kenya around to her school and or like a party that is being thrown by people. So it's like a a mirror, um, like one party to one party, and you know, Star's the outsider in the Garden Heights party, and Kenya ends up being the outsider at the other party. But maybe, hopefully, <laughs> gets like accepted and integrated into and sees a little bit more into where star's coming from living in those two worlds um yeah i it's possible she would bring some of her school friends like to garden heights and i think she probably does but i doubt it's the same situation i doubt it's like a party i think it's probably more like they like come and come to her house and like eat dinner with her family and that kind of thing more than like go to a party so do you think both gonna happen yeah I do I think both will happen but I don't I think the the party thing will happen and there'll be like a mirror for the first for the first chapter um for a school friends party and then maybe even a mirror so I wouldn't be surprised if there's a scene and I forget if there was one where um, star is at like one of her you know, school friend's house, and it's like a mini mansion or whatever, and they're like doing stuff there. I wouldn't be surprised if there's another mirror where she brings a school friend to her neighborhood. So, yeah, that's what
0: I would do. Cool. <laughs> um, I want to ask you about uh the shooting, okay, and uh talking to the police, and where do you think that's going to go? Um, I want you to predict how that part of the story is going to play out. So where I
1: stopped reading, she's like about to go talk to the police, like that moment. Right, which
0: is which I think is a really good place to stop because then you have no
1: yeah, I have no perception real, of how that goes. You have no real
0: precise yeah, exactly. That that's what I meant to say. Yeah.
1: Um I think it is probably going to go poorly. Um and that she's not going to feel like they're hearing her and
0: but i want you to i want you to go all the way up like in terms of not just talking to the police but like what happens after talking to the police and does this go to trials this national is this you know is it ignored is it you know what what i want you to tell me how that thread okay so Uh, of that storyline goes okay
1: so i think she goes and talks to the police um they're either like super defensive or just ignoring what she's saying happened and claiming that you know the officer thought he had a gun and that kind of stuff um And so in talking to the police, she because because at the beginning, she's like, I don't want this to become a national thing. I don't want the spotlight on me. Um, She's very resistant to that idea, which is why she is considering not talking to the police at all. And she's convinced by her uncle. So I think she goes, talks to the police. They're shit. Um, And then based on that, she realizes that she needs to be a voice for her friend, whose name is escaping me, what is his name? Khalil. Khalil, there we go. I kept wanting to say Khalid, and I was like, I know that's wrong. Um, no, it was Khalil. She needs to be a voice for Khalil and her neighborhood and, like, advocate for them because she was the only witness to this thing, and she has, one, a tie to Garden Heights, but also a, like, a tie into this rich white community through her school so she can like you know try to bridge this gap and and build support from both sides. Um so I do think she gets super vocal about it. But then based on my very slim knowledge of the drug dealer thing, I think there's another not in addition to the police like trying to silence her, like trying not hurt for her not to become this national advocate. Um there's something going on with like the drug dealers in Garden Heights, probably the drug dealer that Khalil worked for wanting her to also not talk about it for some reason. And I don't know the reason why
0: they, yeah, they're called the, they're called the kingpins. You've learned that before. Yeah. The king, yeah. Kingpins. And her, like her dad used to be a king. Well, and you know about seven, right. And how seven's mom is currently with the kingpin that Khalil worked for. Right. Yeah. So i am just, I'm just letting you know that that's that, you know that, and that the kingpin and seven's mama, are, are kenya's parents right because that's Im- that's important yeah just to remember that dynamic
1: yeah because maverick is seven and star's father yes right so yeah so i think it'll be and i i wouldn't i hadn't thought about it but it makes sense for kenya to have a, a an interpersonal struggle too because there's this whole scene with her father who like is acting super crazy and weird towards Maverick. And then he makes her, can you get in the car to leave? And so she's going to have to choose what side of this she supports, but I'm not sure exactly what the motivation for the, for the drug dealer, the organization to try to silence star is, but I believe that it's going to happen. So then she's going to have to decide, you know, Am I going to keep speaking up and risk both, like, public censure and all these things from the police and what they represent, which is, like, kind of the white community? And then also risk probably, like, life and limb from this criminal organization um, in Garden Heights. So what does she decide? She definitely keep speaking up there's no way she's not going to there's no way she's going to be silenced by these people um but
0: i think probably so then i'm going to ask what happens then if she continues to speak up what are the consequences yeah
1: hmm
0: or are there any? Like... I do think there are going to be consequences. Magically, the, I was going to say, like, magically, the drug lords fuck up and they get caught. Like, I yeah. don't know. What... what I think, um, I think
1: the consequences are going to be less...
0: Spoiler! Spoiler, Allison.
1: That doesn't happen. <laughs> um, I think the consequences are going to be... She thinks she's going to be directly, um, like, assaulted in some way, but it's going to end up being, like, her... Someone in her family is targeted instead of her as, like, a proxy... Um, yeah. and, and she's gonna have to deal with that and determine if she's gonna, how she's gonna make them stop or whatever, and who's gonna be an ally in this. And I think, I think Seven's gonna be an ally, um, and I think, cause I think he cares more about Star than he does about his father, or I guess not his father, his mom's relationship with the Kingpin. Yeah. Um... But I think it'll be hard for him, too, because Kenya's his little sister. And so... Well, and from the
0: sounds of it, though, it sounds like you think Kenya's going to be an ally.
1: I think Kenya will be an ally in the long run, but I think that she's going to be... It's going to be hard for her. I think she's going to kind of have to go on her own journey yeah, with it. And it's, she's not going to be an ally for most of the book. And then she's going to pull it out at the end. I think that's really what's going to happen. Um, she's cool. going to be the reluctant. Uh, can
0: I ask... Yeah. 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 Can I ask what you think is going to happen with um, the police officer? So in
1: my, like, fantasy about this book being happy, <laughs> I think the police officer would get adequately punished for his actions. Um, which means what? Which would mean him getting fired at the very least, if not serving time, um, for killing an innocent person without any threat of a weapon. Um realistically because i know that the story is about how our world is actually dealing with these things probably he'll get like a slap on the wrist or a paid suspension and it will fuel stars you know rage and incredulity about this whole thing and make her even more active um probably there will be like a physical protest and probably it will get out of hand, which will then cause more problems for star and her like credibility within her, the school and white, white suburban, um, faction of her life.
0: Um, but can I also just say that I, we're doing this remotely right now. Normally, we do this in front of one another, but I love the fact that I can step away from my microphone and groan or laugh <laughs> or smile or, like, fist bump or, like, yeah. just be so much more reactionary than I ever am able to do in front of you. Um, not saying that we should continue to do this remotely. I mean, we do it when it when it works for us because I do like seeing you, but... I'm just enjoying the moments I'm having and you can't see me. Yeah. Well you just, like, <laughs> that's great. And be like, yes, exactly. Uh. Which has happened a couple of times, <laughs> but maybe a no. And I'm, I'm not saying either way. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, I know. I feel that it's too. really fun to be reactionary. Uh huh.
1: It is super fun. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I see that going with the police officer, officer specifically. I also probably see some kind of reckoning with her uncle because her uncle Carlos is a police officer. Or Or detective, maybe. Um, And he was the one who convinced her, like, you need to talk to the police. They'll listen to you and all these things. And I feel like maybe he's going to either become disenchanted with the police and their um, non-bias, like what he feels should be a non-bias. And or. No, I'm going to say that I don't want him to be estranged from his family. So I think that he's going to become like he's going to become an advocate for her side from inside the police department, because he realizes that they're not listening to her because of her
0: race and the situation. Awesome. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm kind of moving towards, so I started with the, the friends and and Chris, the boyfriend. Yeah, we're taking so long on these questions. (laughs) Oops. No, that's okay. No, this is good. I'm probably not going to get to Save the Cat now that I've talked about it, but it's fine. Um, I might get to like one or two things. But I want to, and then we like went kind of to the middle of how we think it's going to go. But I'd love to know, uh, same question in terms of what do you think the effects are going to be on her Garden Heights community and that version of Star? Like what part do you think they have to play? Um... I know you talked a lot about Kenya and stuff, but there's a whole community there, you know, and yeah. and where she lives and her mother won't shut up about moving and the the there's the store, you know, that she's got her dad's store and then, you know, they the there's uh like the different community places she goes to and uh i think that do you think think, they have a part to play i'm just because in my head i'm like it's like a three-parter and that i talked about the her version two self i talked about the actual plot of the story and then i want to talk about her version one self
1: so i think that i'll keep it shorter this time because i've been like rambling but i think that she gets support from the community and then the community has some kind of repercussions for supporting her, um, either from the, uh, kingpins or from the police, like, being more aggressive towards the, the community members. Um, but in the end, I think that they continue to support her, like, you know, the, her daddy's store and, um, the, like, Barbecue Place Across the Road and um, Khalil's, like, grandma and these people. I think they all don't waver in their support. And in the end, it makes them stronger as a community, even though they go through all this stuff. And she, I'm sure, blames herself for the hardships that she's, like, bringing to these people. But I think that it's – in the end, they they
0: stick together as a community. Awesome. Um. So from what I'm hearing from you, so this is how I'm going to tie in the save the cat thing. So I'm going to go through from what you've told me and I'm going to kind of construct your plot Okay. because I jumped around. But so what I hear is that like your break into two moment is like the, the call to action um, and leave her comfort zone is when um, after she talks to police and that they're shit and she decides to go be an advocate yeah. and have her voice The kind of B storyline that we've got going on here is kind of her relationships with her friends and her boyfriend. Yeah. uh, Both friends in Garden Heights and friends at Williamson and where those storylines go. Correct. Mm -hmm. And then there's like the fun and games where the heroes in their new world is probably like her trying to, um, from what I hear from you, like trying to be an advocate and trying to like create an organization maybe within her school or like, Really trying to figure out what her voice is.
1: Right. Yeah. Try to use her voice voice in both of her communities and and how that ends up looking.
0: Yeah. And then the midpoint I would think would be like when it culminates into a false victory or a false defeat would be probably when the drug lords come in and say like, Hey, you need to shut up.
1: Yeah. It's like an added pressure. Yeah. To exactly. The situation.
0: Um. An added pressure. And then like there's the bad guys close in, which is probably you talked about like, um somebody threatening like the kingpin's threatening her family or something going wrong there. You, you talked about the, it as a consequence of like, she continues to speak out and then like someone else gets hurt. Right. Um, but I want to ask like, is there an all is lost? Like the lowest point of the novel. That was one thing I didn't get kind of from you.
1: I do think so. I think that probably, um, whenever, whoever is, being a proxy for her and taking whoever is attacked instead of her, be it a person or like her dad's store, maybe her dad's store is torched or something like that. Um, I think that at that point she really is at her lowest and she has to reevaluate everything. She really has to determine, is it worth my family and their livelihood and my community's safety to continue to, You know, walk the path I'm walking. And I do think she determines that it is worth it to continue, but probably not on her own. Probably either her dad or um, somebody who was part of the target comes to her and says, you still need to do this. this is still important. This is even more important now that we've been targeted in this way.
0: Um, yeah, you also mentioned her uncle could be that type of person, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that leads into, like, Dark Night of the Soul, which is when, like, the tarot takes time to process everything. And Break Into Three is, like, the aha moment. So that you're saying that's, like, a conversation between somebody she loves. Yes. Who's a part of the affiliated and says, no, you actually need to go on. You have the permission to continue to speak out. Right. Um, and then the finale, you mentioned there being, like, a, a final protest type thing. Yeah, I don't know if the protest would be... Is it sooner? Did I misinterpret that? I don't know if the protest
1: would be the finale of the story. I feel like it would be more, like, late middle. um, Okay. Where, like, you know, people are protesting at the police station or something, you know. So maybe that's, like,
0: more part of the midpoint. And then, like, the drug lords are like, nope, you led this protest. We're going to – you gave the example. We're going to torture dad's place. Right, like, as an – yeah, as a a consequence.
1: I think probably the – I don't know. I think in this story it's – not unlikely that there's not like a real moment of triumph um, because it is, this is a real life situation that happens all the time. And you don't, we, we haven't seen a lot of moments of true triumph where like justice is properly served. I hope that the finale of this in terms of like, you know, we're getting to a conclusion is justice is served, um, Either the police officer is properly punished um, and, and she's taken seriously and, and people are actually caring, people outside of the, her Garden Heights community are caring about this incident or the kingpins are like taken down in a way that benefits Garden Heights. Like they're their like reign of terror and is kind of comes to an yeah, end. Yeah, comes to an end. I know. It sound like a movie trailer. Their reign of terror ends.
0: Comes to an end. Um,
1: they're like a Batman movie. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the dark. I can't. I can't. I can't. No. I can't do it. Moving on. Moving on. Um. So like they're taken down to a place where like they're not recruiting the youth of this neighborhood, and people are able to live
0: without the fear of of that organization and then yeah cool so that's like your finale yeah. and then like your final moment is kind of like you know this culmination of star being able to be herself yes, and like exactly. take other friends to parties and dinner you know like i think being that yeah the culmination move. of the story is going to be star
1: v v1 and v2 being integrated fully
0: cool yeah um I kind of like that at the end of having just, just as a comment on our format and, and anybody can chime in here too, who's a listener. Cause I know we're not completely shouting out into the void. Um, and you should let us know that we're not shouting out to the void by rating us, uh, five stars on iTunes and commenting on there as well. That'd be great. <laughs> um, that's my plug. And, um, but I kind of like that at the end of like going through, cause it summarizes for me, like what our thoughts are. Cause we kind of jump around a lot, yeah, you know? And, um, because it, it's so form, it's so uh, universal that it it could work. But anyway, we'll just keep trying and keep uh, going on that. Do you have any final thoughts you want to add? Any like last minute uh, predictions that you're like, oh, I just you know, I want to mention that you know, Chris dyes his hair blue or <laughs> something. I don't know. Like, do anything you want to throw in there? I do think. Okay, so I think
1: I okay as as we've been talking about it. I'm going to make a more concrete prediction about Chris. I think they're going to break oh, up. Oh, okay. <laughs> and she's got to like do her own thing and or she's going to break up with him because she's like scared that he's going to get hurt. Um, But really, she's scared the white boy's going to get hurt. Well, she's scared he'll get targeted by the, oh, the okay, fine. by the gang instead of by the police, like the opposite side. Um, oh, yeah, that's fair. But I think <laughs>
0: I just was having a moment. Like, I was really like I'm, I was like, I'm sorry. Have you? Do you know what this book's about? Yeah. Like the that white boy ain't gonna get hurt by the police.
1: <laughs> no. Um. So I think that they're they in their relationship, but I in the same way that I think um her friend is gonna come through for her at the end. I think that he'll probably come through for her at the end too, and be like a positive force. Um. And I know that there's a whole thing about her dad is, like, every time a black person is with a white, like, dating a white person, he's, like, "Oh, seriously. Um, and she's so she's scared to tell him, and she hasn't even told him, even though they've been dating for a year. I think that there's going to be some reconciliation there, and he's going to be, like, oh,
0: this is, like, actually a good dude, regardless of the fact that he's white, so... I like that. I like ending on that note. Yeah. I think that's a that you've made a solid prediction there. You constructed a solid story, <laughs> and uh, and I'm sure well, it's wrong based on what you're saying. I, no, <laughs> no, I'm okay. not. I'm not saying one way or the other. Uh-huh. I'm just because I'm trying to be nicer. <laughs> I was so cruel to you last time. <laughs> you were. Um, I was. I was really. A, I was a jackass. Um, but no, I'm trying to. I I helped you. It was good. We I asked questions. I, it was good. Um, and so, uh, but no, sincerely, if you guys like what we do here. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Um, We're on Twitter and Instagram as uh, at novel prediction because Twitter hates S's. Yep. And um, we, we're also, uh, we're, we're on iTunes and we're, we're on where you can listen to podcasts and you know that, that, rating and those star ratings and comments are really awesome and really helpful and we love being a part of this book community and it's something that we're really enjoying meeting people and talking to you guys about it and um we love that you love our concept and uh we really appreciate you guys listening um and if you're really interested in these book podcasts allison you've got another recommendation for here right do yes, so um, we're going to do recommendations for other bookish podcasts and maybe
1: podcasts in general, but right now bookish, um, during prediction episodes. So this month, um, I wanted to talk about the podcast Ink to Film and it's kind of actually ties in well, cause we were talking about this book and then Kales has been talking about the movie a little
0: bit. So Ink... Yeah. And they left us a really awesome review. So thank you Ink to Film that they're, they're, they're really cool. Yeah.
1: They're great. You should check them out. It's two guys and they talk about, um movies and then their their film or screen adaptations um and they look at the differences they look at the similarities it's it's poignant and funny so um we're gonna listen to their promo now hey
0: there i'm james and i'm luke and we're the hosts of the ink to film podcast a show about your favorite books and their movie counterparts we've covered fellowship of the ring i still to this day don't know how i feel about elijah wood as frodo oh my god man blasphemy ready player one you can be kind of jaded and think about these things as like just straight up references but like these are the things that formed me with guests like emily saveda i think it's the universal blue glow of (laughs) sci-fi
1: and i love making things glow blue i do it a lot in my books as well
0: and mike garnson it's like every time there's a chance for this body horror carpenter will surprise us somehow by taking it in a new direction new episodes every thursday listen now wherever you download podcasts or at inktofilm.com. so So, yeah check out uh so yeah check out uh ink to screen no what did i say (laughs) fuck okay
1: yeah so go check out ink to film um they are also on itunes and stuff and if you haven't you should go and look at the lit happens twitter where there's a ton of bookish podcasts we're kind of a little community over there if you're looking for new bookish podcasts to listen to that's an awesome place to hang out
0: yeah, absolutely, and uh, we love being a part of that community, and we love talking to you guys, so feel free to reach out, and uh, we'll answer your questions, and just just don't tell Allison whether she's wrong or right until she finishes the book. Um, we love it when you guys read along with us as well, so hope you guys are reading the book uh, before you see the movie, which comes out October 19th, yes. uh, which is next Friday, so this is going to be posted on a Tuesday, so it'll be out on Friday, so you can read and watch, and then we'll... Uh, we'll Read and finish the book and see if Allison was right. Yay. Thanks, guys, so much. Yes. Yay. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Keep making novel predictions. Bye.
1: Bye.